How's it going, Lee? It's good to see you at the crossroads. We're we're going. We're at the crossroads, and we're, we're ready here. to uh, exchange ideas. I think. Yes, sir. I think that's that's the goal. We're we're talking <laughs> we're talking about the recent events in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I believe it was Minneapolis, Minneapolis and St. Paul, Twin yeah. Cities in Minneapolis, with with the death of George Floyd at the hands of uh, well police custody, and how Minneapolis has responded in kind with began as protests, which turned in, quickly turned into uh, riots and looting, and how everybody's chiming in at this point and has something to say, um, whether it be your household, somebody at work, uh, the president. It's, uh, it's not easy. It's, it's definitely not, at least that's how I like preferencing this whole thing with, with uh, people I have conversations uh, about this issue, that it, this is not an easy thing to navigate. And that's not only because because it's an ugly event, it's a sad event. It's one that poses, in my in my mind, it poses a threat to all of us in terms of how we interact with those in power, those in authority, those who are to administer justice and and uh, keep peace. Excuse me, but um, yeah, I just want to preference that. I don't know if you want to add anything to how. We're gonna try and delicately go about this subject, but that's my take for now, anyway. Well, I think delicacy is a rather delicate matter. Sorry, I had to do that. He's a uh, dad joke, <laughs> totally into dad jokes. But I think what's interesting about the discussion and, and as you were going through that and setting up the topic, is is the uh, Rodney King riots, Ferguson riots. Um, I think there was one more. I think there was three that I'm aware of um, as it relates to um, reactions about police brutality and, and you know, unarmed um, black men being shot by police officers, usually white, it seems like. Um, in those instances, right, what, what's at least what we're seeing in, in the media and, and what's being spread around. And it's hard to know how frequent that is, right? There's like thousands of interactions that the, the citizens, the citizens, I can't say that word, the citizens have um, with police officers, right? There's got to be thousands of interactions across the U.S., 50 states. Um, so these definitely highlight uh, a major issue when it when, when it comes to police enforcement and law enforcement and how they interact with um, those in the public and so I think that's also a big portion of what's happening here and of course um, what's at the foundation or what's baked into this discussion is the idea of of uh, black and white relations um, as as relates to the you know injustices that African-Americans have suffered due to slavery and Jim Crow. And I think um, to some extent, 
uh, mass incarceration. There's arguments to be made across the board for all those um, in, in, in different areas of our society and how um, it's, it's, it, it looks like it can be boiled down to a race. But what I, I find interesting even within that context is the idea that this is a black man, right? So I think that discussion is missing from this as well. And, you know, what I mentioned, mass incarceration, it's like 80% of those in prisons and jails are men. So we forget these facts, these truths. And this was a male officer that uh, hurt a male citizen, essentially. So that's another layer, right? So there's this idea that um, there's toxic, toxic masculinity, the patriarchy. There's all these systems that are in place, the hierarchy that are in place, and we're interacting within that hierarchy. And there's systems of power, obviously, when it regards to like different, um, like police officers have um, authority over and upholding the law. At least that's the that's the claim. Um, but we see time and time again, police officers abusing that. And then, you know, unfortunately, a lot of times they're, they have to protect their own because it's a fragile um, career at the end of the day. I mean, they are putting their lives in danger. I mean, that's, that goes without saying for me, like it's obvious to me. You know, they're out there patrolling and, and trying to keep others safe um, in, the, in the community. And, you know, it's not like they're all bad either, obviously. So. For me, that's what I think about. I understand the justification, the justification for, for saying this is racism because obviously when we look at it, to me at the surface, that's, that's an easy band-aid, essentially, how I look, would, would look at it as like a band-aid. Like this is the problem and we can fix it because it's racism and we can somehow fix that through unbiased, conscious, unbiased um, training or unconscious training or unconscious bias training, rather. So I think we, we need to look at the root of the problem. And to me, I think that's where we're both at. I don't know, but I would, I would think that that's where, if we want to have a, a, good, a conversation that's uh, productive, then I think that's where we need to go to. Because I think about how they keep the the phrase I hear a lot is like we need this needs to end and we can't just let this continue to happen. But yeah, it it does continue to happen. I think it's wrong. But why are why are these going so um these interactions going so wrong, you know? But then there's there's all these different data points and different claims about what that really looks like and you know, so that would be my prelude to this conversation. Yeah, no, I, 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 think, I, have, I haven't been thinking about this a lot. No, I, yeah, I think, thank you. Appreciate that. That really does, um, it adds to the whole discussion because it's a good uh, starting point. It's a good frame, it adds to the framework of the conversation. And um, like you said, at, at, at first glance or the first, the easiest reaction, right? Like you said, it's that it's a white police officer committing an act of violence against a black man. 
Uh-huh. And I think, I think at this point, at least for me, I've come to, I've come to, I've come to understand, like you said, there's, there's deeper points here. So for me, my own personal opinion or view is that we're, we can apply that. We can uh, call it for what it is in some cases. Um, but that's very much, I think that's very much at the surface level of what's, like you said, of what's going on. And, and why, you know, why, like you're saying, we have to ask the question, why is this going on? Why does this happen? And why is it that we see it play out the way that it does, whether that's through the legal recourse or that's through the reaction, the, the demonstrations, protesting, what have you. Um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's definitely a conversation that needs to be had amongst, amongst all of us. Like, you know, cause I'm saying from my point of view, I'm like, this, this doesn't just affect one demographic of the country. This involves everyone else because we all live here. We've all, we've all been, I think I want to say most of us, but we've all had interactions with law enforcement. We've all been in situations where whether you're by yourself or you're in a group and perhaps something is misunderstood or, or misspoken or what have you, like, I think, or, we, or if you haven't, you, you haven't experienced it, maybe you've witnessed it. Maybe you've witnessed mm. somebody interacting with police you know, live in person where things could have gone sour right away. Right. Yeah. And I think something that we've, when we were talking over text messages, you know, everyone, I mentioned this, that everyone's looking for justice, but no one's looking for mercy. And I think to me, that's, that's interesting to bring into the conversation, mainly because we, we did have that conversation with Pastor Eliseo. And we brought up the example of the, the young man that wanted to hug the officer that killed his older brother um, unprovoked and by accident. And his immediate reaction was while in court was to go up to her and forgive her and hug her. And that was a powerful moment. And then you juxtapose that with what's happening and has happened with the riots in those situations that we mentioned earlier. And I think to me, like looking at those two, and obviously it's just two examples, but I think it speaks to that point of like, what is it, what is an example of mercy versus justice? And I think justice is the old Testament idea of like tooth for a tooth, eye for an eye. You, you hit me, I hit you. And, you know, violence begins violence and, um, you know, two wrongs don't make a right is what we respond to that. So, no, that's that. I think that's, I think that's like the, the solution. But to get to like the beginning of, of where all this stems from is like human nature. So then you go to human nature you go to like, you know, the different structures and the way we interact. Like you said, we've all, many of us, I know I have interacted with law enforcement in different situations that we can definitely talk about afterwards. <laughs> and, you know, it's kind of like these moments can be a little dicey and 
you do what you can. And, you know, one thing that I, that I personally have been told by my mother is if you get pulled over, like tell the truth and, and just be respectful. Right. I mean, that to me is like, what I would say is like common sense. And, you know, nine times out of 10, I think things will turn out. Okay. Now that's not to say that in this situation or in other situations, that's not the case. I'm sure in context, maybe it was fine, but they officers maybe push it a little bit further. I don't know. It's hard to say because we have to look at, and there's no way we can ever understand like where that, where the officers' minds were at, what they were thinking, you know, what their training looks like. Um, they're all, at, um, what is it, reacting in a sense to like live situations. There's no way of us knowing how to deal with that. Then you think about like, you know, the state government, you think about guns. Um, even in this case, like it wasn't even a gun, right? This was more of, um, I forget the other gentleman that was choked um, when he, in New York because he was selling illegal cigarettes. Um, wasn't, wasn't that Eric Gardner? Eric Gardner, right. So he, that was another one, right? I can't breathe. You know, hands up, don't shoot was the thing, a big movement, Black Lives Matter. Um, and that's a whole different topic, right? Black Lives Matter and Antifa and, you know, this idea of anti-whiteness and different discussions, right? So there's all these different um, intersecting points, right? A lot of crossroads or a lot of roads are crossing in, the, in these discussions. And I think it's, it's, that, it's that important to be able to delineate all different levels, all different factors that are happening at that one incident. So to me, that's where I always go to is like how much, how many different layers are, are happening at once? Because they are happening at once. We don't know anything about Michael Floyd, right? We don't uh, know. George, George, George Floyd. Floyd. Sorry. George Floyd. We don't know anything about him. Um, like we don't know him personally. We don't know anything personally about the, office, the police officer. And like like you said, there's no way of knowing what happened before, on um, you know until that information comes out, and you know now we see looting and and different things like that, and it's like it almost looks like this could just continue happening until we're ready to have a conversation, and like you said, we need to have this conversation, but then we get stuck on on this idea of well if you'd never experienced discrimination, then how can you talk about it? So then if you never experienced discrimination, then you, you're not able to engage in the conversation. You're left out. You can't contribute. Right. Then you think about, well, if you're not black, then how can you even have anything to say? If you um, don't recognize racism or if you don't recognize um, all these different factors around, um, you know, diversity things, right? So one, one, one thing that came to mind was um, affirmative action, right? So everyone's looking at how do we hire more minorities? So then that's, to me, a discussion around race, right? Obviously, there's this discussion around race that is very dicey. It's, it, it, it evokes emotions in both directions for and against but again and even in that 
something maybe as innocent as um, affirmative action, like there's always like this high, um, what is it? High tempered conversation. Because if you're against, then it's, you know, you're bigoted, you're racist, you're against minorities. If you're for, then you're, you're, you're on the good side, basically. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's hard to know how to even get your way into the conversation is, I think, the challenge for, for many of us, I think. No, yeah, it's, um, who was it? <laughs> Listening to The Last Fight Companion with, with Joe and, and uh, Shaw, I, yeah. Callan, and, and Eddie, that always comes up with, with uh, the political commentary or the political uh, viewpoints. Joe's always on the platform of why do things need to be binary? When, you, when discussing politics. Right. Why can't I pick a little bit from this side and pick a little bit from the other side and come up with my own opinion or my own view or what have you. So yeah, it definitely, um, it definitely goes hand in hand, right? I mean, I know it's a week later, but with Joe Biden's comments on, on the Breakfast Club, right? With him stating, you're you're still on the fence about who you're voting for. All you have to do is compare my resume with Trump's, and and we're we're already seeing it. We're already seeing that you know one side is saying, "How dare you say that?" You know that in and of itself is offensive. It's racist. When other you know when the other side is saying, "No, he's just joking. He was just making a point. He followed it up by clarifying you know his track record. You know, look at his." political history, the way he's, uh, what he stood for, what have you. So, I mean, even that idea, right? Even the idea of getting, getting questioned of whether or not people are allowed to make their own decisions. Hmm. Cause we see it, I, just, I mean, I'm just on the, on the uh, I was just having a conversation with, with the friends and discussions and, and about the masks and how people, hmm. you know, some people are strongly in favor of wearing a mask in public and other people not so much. So, you know, you gotta like, we gotta think it through. Like you said, we got to discuss it. We have to come to a point where are we, are we looking for truth or are we going to tiptoe around the party line or tiptoe around the group think? You know, tiptoe around what you're supposed to think, what you're supposed to say, you know, versus, you know, the other side. I think that that's definitely, those are definite talking points that just continue to drive a wedge. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm, like, I'm happy, for the most part, I'm happy that we, we can have this discussion, this conversation, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, at some point, things need to be, clarified and we need to decide you need to make we need to call balls and strikes right we need to be able to to speak you know what we what we believe or what we say what we think because that's wasn't that what peterson says that at some point in order for you to to speak the truth you're going to have to offend someone right and at one point is it okay to offend people can you offend no more than 10 people 
You know, is it okay? How many people need to be offended? What, what's the capacity for, for offending people? How many? Is there a number on that? And that's, that's, the, um, that's the rub of it all, right? Because then, then we're just controlling. I think, we're, like I see it, the way I see it, we're just controlling people. We're controlling the narrative. We're controlling what people say, what people do. And we're, we're not allowing for an honest conversation to take place. Yeah. Um, it, it's just funny because I, I saw, well, it's not funny, but interesting because I, today I actually saw, I actually saw the Joker finally. Oh, okay. And um, yeah, and it, it definitely, it was very interesting that I saw it this week with everything that's going on. Right. Yeah. And um, just, I mean, you could get into like the mob mentality and like the anarchy. You know, Anarchy. system down and uh from what i mean one of the glaring uh things of the movie was that there's obviously two sides to the story there's obviously two viewpoints and from what it seems like i mean i hope it's not a spoiler i know the movie's been out for a while but neither side wants to have a genuine discussion and it's um, the whole the whole interaction that what I've seen in the movies is some people are misunderstood. Some people um, don't have great communication skills. Some people don't have, you know, great listening skills. Other people are not, they're not at the mental capacity to, to function within society with, with the, as far as, as far as um, compassion are concerned common courtesy and again if this is from both sides it's not like one side or the other a lot of times both sides are guilty of the same thing you know they're guilty of the same thing and neither side wants to hear each other out and i'm like that is so like it's such a poignant fact or such a poignant um statement that they're making in today's political climate yeah i think that's that's I mean, it's not like I came with something so innovative or, or like jaw dropping, but that's why I I mentioned I think maybe last time or previously that, you know, I came up with this phrase of uh, well, I thought of this phrase. I guess I don't know if I came up with it, but I was thinking about this phrase of life is life is a discussion, so let's talk, and how we're always talking through. And I think that maybe this was last week, but we're always talking through different issues and it's always relational right you can't talk to yourself it's either you're talking to if you believe in god you're talking to god and you're praying and you're talking to your you know your significant other if that's your wife or husband you're talking to your family if that's your mother father or or siblings you're talking to friends you're talking to um maybe even coworkers, but probably not so much but there's always a discussion and many times it's it's to push your yourself forward in a way that's that's good like it where where you're growing basically so you're you're discussing you're thinking through because many times and i've experienced this when whenever i've had to do a speech in um, toastmasters is that you can practice and you can write down and you can you know, 
think about it, but where the rubber meets the road is when you actually say it out loud, which in scripture we would say, you know, believe in our heart and confess with our mouth. It's not real until you say it. So I think, so when it comes to like, there's a, there's a critique uh, as relates to, you know, recent events that if you're silent, then you're on the side of the oppressor. So if you don't speak in a, in opposition to the injustices of police brutality and racism, then you are on the side of the oppressor. What that is also saying is that there's an oppressed and there's an oppressor, right? There's a, there's the bourgeoisie, you know, yeah, that's the premise of of the argument. There's the bourgeois, I don't know how to say that word, but the elite, the bourgeoisie, the elite versus the um, proletariat or the um, blue collar, low income minority group. So it's, it's, it's like a top down view. I remember reading about um, this idea of slavery. I forget his name, Foucault. He basically made, made, I don't know if it was an argument or he had the discussion that, that there's the, you know, the slave owner and the slave. And once the slave can override the slave owner, then he becomes the, the oppressor. You know, the, the roles continue to just reverse. And it's like an inversion but not an inversion where the lowly become the praised, but where the lowly become the jury and the judge and the prosecutor. So I remember looking at that and thinking, that's kind of strange that we would have this, because it's, it's, it's this idea that it's a constant battle. We're always fighting against one or the other, top down, bottom up. It's always this, like you like Jorgen said binary right instead of it being i don't know just more of a what's that word now what's it called when you do um you can think independently jonathan height has that organization why am i not i, I have it with my tongue but but basically the point is that there's there's many layers to everything. So, you know, pick a layer and then you you suddenly find, and I think that's that's interesting to say because in scripture that's exactly what happens. You know, like you can go through a, a specific verse, you bring in a, a different context or a different topic to the discussion, whether it's economics, marriage you know, so on and so forth, it always, it always highlights a different um, idea or it always brings a different truth to it. So I think that's, that's exactly what we need to, to say here is that let's bring a different context to the discussion and then we can find some truths, but we have to be willing to offend and we have to be willing to, to be courageous enough to like offend and be criticized because that's exactly the that's exactly the rub right that's that's what we need is as courage to be able to to be forthright and 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 know that we're not going to be right but merely the the desire to find those truths in and of itself is is the the meaningful discussions that we're missing I think that's 
that's the right way to say it. Yeah. When you, when you said the part about about uh, being a free thinker, kind of, or not being tied down to your to your to your ideas. Like, again, that's another thing that Joe Rogan would he references not to be married to your mm-hmm. to your ideas or to your thoughts. And that's one way to put it, I guess. But um, let me ask you this: so, in, in light of what you just said far as uh, the exchange of ideas and conversations, what would you think, or in your opinion, or how would you address the catalyst, the catalyst for change? Because some people would say, we need to enact more laws, or we need to change laws, or we need to you know, go about it diplomatically and make sure that you know heterodox sorry it's heterodox heterodox thinking we need more heterodox thinking sorry that's okay i had to like say it okay so how would we address because um oh sorry i was just trying to to restate your question yeah um so what do you okay i guess there's a better way to put it now that i think of it what do you think promotes change better? Is it through laws, through diplomacy, through a change in a shift, change or a shift in culture? Is it is it a, a matter of education? Is it a matter of more human interaction? Like what what would be the what's going to help the situation in your mind? Well. I would like to pull from Martin Luther King Jr. because I know that's uh, the title of his book, right? Um, or his memoir, I forget. And I know you've 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 um, brought in some of his quotes. And um, actually, let me find that real quick because I think that's important. Where was it in Twitter? Where I sent oh the, the one about darkness cannot yeah darkness does not overcome darkness right so so dark does not does not overcome darkness but light light meaning truth meaning good righteousness meaning um the word logos meaning um our ability to tap into our ability yeah, our ability to tap into um, he who is good, right? Whether or not we're conscious or of that or not, I think is besides the point in some sense. But I think mm-hmm. as long as we are in good conscious trying to elevate our, our eyes to, to find like the higher, the higher moral ground, if you will, and to like in some sense, overlook the pettiness and overlook our inability to, to communicate so clearly because it's messy. You know, communicating is a, is a messy um, form, I guess you could say. It's not, it's not polished. Like we're just, it's going to come out and it's not going to sound great. But over time, we, we, 
improve that, right? So it's 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 the idea of iron, iron sharpens iron. So the more we communicate, the more we sharpen our our communication skills, if you will, the better we are at uh, being concise. And I think that comes down to the ability of that comes down to the ability to to interact with one another in humility. So I guess pragmatically speaking, I think it's it's knowing that you may be wrong, right? So Jordan Peterson would say, you know, speak to those out, speak to others as though they know something you don't. So I think in 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 that spirit, that same spirit, we need to be able to 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 interact with one another, knowing that we can we can learn from one another. Instead of saying that like I'm I know the answer, I know I'm right, and I know what the problem is, and I know what the solution is. Now I'll never um, tell you. And that's, that's easier than done. Yeah, but that's Socrates like touching on what Jordan Peterson said. All I know is that I know nothing. Right. Yeah. So exactly. Like you said, if that's the if that's a position that we're taking, we do have discussions as far as like humility is concerned. And and if everyone comes to the table with that sentiment, that mind frame of somebody else might have something to offer and ideas that I haven't even thought of yet. Or they might speak from experience from whatever, you know, whatever position that they have or or know whatever it might be i think yeah that's definitely that coincides with for me coincides with scripture where it's saying be slow to anger and slow to speak right quick to be quick to hear be quick to listen and wait before you respond wait until you allow the other person to articulate what it is that they're trying to say yeah that's a big one slow to anger um quick to listen i think <laughs> that i think many of uh of the writers you know went way past that and they did that out of reaction out of anger to to what they found as an injustice right so if we bring in cain and abel and i know we had a discussion over a text message about how the spirit of cain is is still alive and flourishing and we see that happening and you know god asks cain why are you angry and i think that's exactly what it is right so you know cain enabled sacrifice but cain was cain's sacrifice wasn't thought of as sufficient if you you know put simply and that um evoked a reaction emotional reaction to to god but 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 also to his brother right so then you know are we our brother's keeper and i think in this context i wonder if if we could even say that am i responsible well obviously a, a portion of it is am i responsible for for my brother whether that's your neighbor or what have you meaning that I can do whatever I want and not have to worry about their affairs and their, their, um, their needs that 
because my needs weren't met, then that means I don't have the time or energy to even think about anybody else's needs. Right. So there's that spirit that we see, but also like, like, what about me? Right. That's, that's part of it is, am I my brother's keeper? Like, or we, we can say in, in the inverse of that is like, what about me? Why my why are my needs not being met? Why is my sacrifices not being recognized? Why are not my injustices being um, dealt with in a way that I find satisfying? And then we want to point to to God, and we want to defile and and um, curse. And that's always the question, right? Why, if God's good, why would He allow evil things to happen in the world? And then I was thinking about that earlier too. And, and to me, what that's saying is that it's, it's that same argument of somebody, somebody else was going to, is going to be able to take care of the situation. I have no uh, ability to be responsible for my actions, essentially. Like it's, it's basically deferring responsibility to someone else. It's putting blame on others. Right. So it's, it's this idea like, I'm going to react in a, in a, in a way that like I can do what I, I can do whatever I want to do because I, I feel, I don't know, mistreated or not. Um, like I don't feel recognized or something. I don't know if that makes sense, but I wonder yeah. if that's, I wonder if that's what it is. That, I mean, it reminded me of, of Ravi Zacharias's um, statement. Rest in peace. Dr. Ravi Zacharias, but uh, he said that God has given us the ability to choose our path and our decision, to giving us the free will to choose our path, to make our own decisions, but he hasn't given us the ability to, to be unaffected by the results of our decisions, consequences of our decisions. And like you're saying that, what about me? And I think that standpoint and the lens of love, of, of forgiveness, grace, mercy, kindness, gentleness, and that mind frame, that's a 180 shift because then as scripture says, you know, uh, to think more highly of others than your own self. Mm. You know, that that's these ideas are coming to the to the come to the table when it says, No greater love ha, have has any man than he who would give up his life for a friend. Yeah. And so it's it's the standpoint, right? It's a different it's a different mind frame. It's a different I would say it's a different game. It's a different ball game that that people are playing when it comes to how do I approach life and how am I going to approach my interaction with others? Like you're saying, everyone needs to ask, or I should say, everyone needs to answer that question. Am I my brother's keeper? And based on their behavior, right? We're going to see where, where they draw the line and, and what side of the line are they, are they living? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I just, man, the, like in thinking about thinking about this topic, you're 
mentioned earlier, like the whole, the whole idea of anger really plays, it's such a huge part of it. It's such a huge part of like, how we interact with each other and how we, how are we going to go about treating other people? Because the, the remedy for anger or the, the, antidote the response i guess well sorry what would you say the antidote the antidote would be self-control because right because we all feel angry every everybody experiences anger it's just a matter of i mean i hate to get all like anger management (laughs) right because then you hear like well does your anger control you or do you control your anger Right. You know, there's some of that, obviously, but um, in the Bible, I mean, you hear these ideas about in your anger, do not sin. Um, a soft answer, a soft answer turns away wrath. Um, love, you know, covers a multitude of sins. Well, love covers a multitude of sins, and it's like, and it's like, yeah, like, you know, God's. Like I, I, in the the notes that I took for this for this episode, like it, it for whatever reason, I mean we know why or I know why, it shifted towards addressing it. a lot of the verses that I was I kept running into were addressing anger, and at first I thought oh it's just going you know it's going to land in Psalm it's going to land in Proverbs and maybe you know a few letters, three epistles in the New Testament but I'm like oh. This is all over the place yeah. <laughs> in the Bible. Like, I'm like, wow, like there's so many verses that, you know, that touch on this very thing. And, and it's, and I, I think that was, I think I mentioned it with you. I think it was, it was in our conversation during the week where I said, where I said, yeah, like we can point towards racism being the root cause of the problem. But like I said, I think at this point, saying something, saying that, saying that's racist or saying this person is racist, at this point, like, again, it was my opinion, that's only hitting the surface of the problem. It's not hitting the root anymore. Because before we tried to define these things by, well, let's just put this label on it. So how long have we been doing this in this country of saying this is this, this is X? And like you're saying, we're still seeing it. We're seeing the same, the same patterns, the same things, the same um, injustices are still going on. I mean, like I said, it could be those things, but it's probably deeper because we're all angry. We all, we've all been, we've all been found at one point or another in our lives. We've all been found guilty of hating our neighbor, of hating our brother of not believing that we were our brother's keeper, whether it was based on the basis of race or something else, whatever it might've been, we've all, we've all been there. And like one of the verses I looked up was in first John three, you know, first John three, but anyways, it's saying how, if you, if you've hated your brother, it's as though you've already killed him in your heart. Yeah. You've already dismissed him. So to you, it's like saying, what's that saying? Like, oh, you're dead to me. That's so true. When people are so offended or so insulted with family or friends, 
or they feel betrayed to the point where they tell someone that, oh, you're, you're now dead to me because of your, your action or your behavior or your statement, whatever, you know, whatever it might be. Um, yeah, we, we definitely, we definitely allow our anger to hinge on so many of our decisions and so many of our words that like you're, like you're saying, you know, I said earlier, like, we don't want to tap into grace and mercy and forgiveness because then, then my my feelings are, are hurt. And so if there's no remedy for my feelings to be hurt, then I have no choice but to hate you, to get rid of you, to push you out of my life. Mm. I think I think, yeah, like going back to 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 what happened to to George Floyd and people's reaction. Like I was, I was mentioning to you earlier about the the response by somebody within the pro freedom, pro liberty movement, like uh, Madge Madge Tory, who's a gun advocate, gun rights advocate, and he's African American, and his statement or his position was, let's 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 include more people in this conversation. And instead of saying this is happening to a black man, let's say this is happening to a, an American. Mm-hmm. You know that the police are killing Americans out there, and that's definitely like like one way to break it down, right? Like, like I can't relate to the type of of treatment or the type of um, prejudice that a black man would face in this country. I can't, I can't relate to that because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not black. But if you were to tell me as a, like you could keep boiling it down, right? The next common denominator would be a man. A man was treated horribly, violently. And if you break that down even further, it's, well, a human being was treated this way. And that's, that's something that everybody can relate to. Like I said, when you really boil it, you keep boiling it down or breaking it down further, then it's, yeah, it's no longer a, a male versus female issue. It's no longer a, a race issue, but, you know, or nationality issue. But now it's, no, it's, it's a human being, you know, it's somebody, that's somebody's brother, that's somebody's son, that's somebody's dad, that's somebody's friend. Like that's, those are all, points talking points that we can all relate to it brings in yeah like he was saying it brings in more voices into the conversation which is you know i think a lot of us would like to have happen because then you know if if we appreciate the diversity of viewpoints then you know maybe we can come up with some potential solutions or, or a means of finding uh, better results and and pro- progress our society forward to a point where you know we're no longer as Americans concerned about the overreach of law enforcement right. and um, the injustices that we're seeing and you know obviously um, there's there's such um, there's such an interesting intersection as it relates to the Virginia um, protests. You know what I mean? Um, the the one also in what was it um, with the Governor Whitmer, 
when they went into her Capitol building. Well, they, they stormed the Capitol building. Yeah. There, so there's that. They were, they were armed citizens with, yeah. So they were there with yeah. protesting. Yeah. And then I think even like in Sacramento and California, the California State Capitol. So you have those as like other case points of like protest riots in a sense. Maybe not so much riot, but maybe on the protest end of it. Um, and then you have, you know, the example of the of the woman. Um, I don't know if you saw this. It was all over Twitter. This woman was calling to police on this some guy because he was she was mistreating her dog and he was apparently being threatening to her and he was a, he was a central black park, guy. I think, right? Yeah. He happened to be a black guy and you know, a guy nonetheless and she felt threatened and whatever what whatever the case was in that instance. And then you see in New Jersey, I believe it was, you know, they're at a store and everyone's yelling at this at this mother saying get out because she yeah. wasn't wearing a mask. And then you saw I don't know if you saw this, but um on Twitter again it was the um senior homes the young the young man um black man that was abusing the elderly that that he was in charge of taking care of apparently um yeah. and he was like punching her in the head and all that and you know it's terrible right and again i think my point in all this is that like we're all like and your point really is that we're all human beings and we all ins- inflict these um harmful um actions against one another and i always think about you know nazi germany and soviet russia it was the it was the citizens that were informing on other citizens you can even say it was um brothers informing against brothers right so it was it was largely too it was a story from michael malice was a infamous story during that time of People's own children were ratting out the parents, their parents, because they were not good citizens. Yeah, I don't know if you, I don't know if you saw uh, read in that in the first volume. I think it was in the first volume, but this mother in Soviet Russia was in um, the gulag and in the prisons over there, um, back in like the nineteen twenties or something like that. And the daughter wrote to her and saying that if you are against you know, our country, like if you were a a political, um, political opponent, political opponent against our country, then like, I, I no longer want to be associated with you. I don't want, you're no longer my mother. You're dead to me. You're dead to me. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. Yes. She are dead to me. So the mother says no, like, um, or she says, yes, I am because she wanted her daughter to, to participate in, in the political party that basically put her in jail. I'm botching that, but that's the same point, right? So, just I think we're just we're just like we're just kind of like reinforcing this idea that like human beings human beings are sucky, and we're angry, and we we need to learn how to. We all do. We need to learn how to li- live with self control to be angry and, and sin not and to um love love one another as as your love your brother as yourself you know love your neighbor um and then um you know figure out how we're going to react to these situations in a way that's that's productive because to me the writing isn't productive 
and I know there's the claim. I, I saw one video, a uh, young man was saying that like, this is what you get. We've been dealing with this for so many years. Like we're tired of it. And this is exactly what you get. Okay. But also like, how, how, how is this gonna solve and bring back George Floyd? How is this going to help heal the city? How is this going to heal um, those wounds that are that are deep? And I and I acknowledge that. And I think and I think where where we find like these deep wounds, we need to find a healer. You know what I mean? So mm. we're we're not we're not we're not acknowledging that we're all in need of that. And and I think it's easy for us to say this or rather it's easy for me to say this because I've, I've come to that conclusion myself. Now, how are we able to, you know, evangelize or spread that the good news to be able to help others to deal with these emotions? Because we all have, and I, every day we have to, I have to learn to deal with these emotions and it's over time. And then you, you have one, one event like this, and it's like, you know what? I'm sick and tired of whatever whatever situation I'm in in my own life. You know what I mean? Like there's a pandemic still happening around us. There's unemployment. There's, um, you know, you're late for rent. You broke up with your boyfriend or girlfriend or your parents aren't that great to you. You know, you don't really have a lot of friends. You know, there's there's case by case by case and and, you know, kind of like injustice after injustice even at the the micro personal level that this event can just like spark and, and and engulf that fire in you. And you're just like, I'm done with this. And and it, and it's a, and it's in a response to something that you feel is injustice at a more macro level, but it's all these minor little details that build up and it just takes one little crack in the dam and it just goes. That's really good, Gabe. Yeah? Oh, nice. I wrote it down. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I I just I just think you're absolutely right because it starts with humility and the recognition that we are incapable or we don't have the ability to address these problems. That we're very limited don't have all the knowledge, all the understanding, all the wisdom to remedy, as you say, this pandemic, this economic crisis, and now the civil unrest due to police brutality. So that is why we're seeing people complain about Donald Trump. That is why we're seeing people say, well, why doesn't Trump just do this or do that? Mm-hmm. And like as, you're, like, as you're saying, like, for most of us, it's going to point us in that direction of, well, we need help. And I want somebody to figure this out. And, you know, we get to that fork in the road. And the way I see it is one way it's Christ. And the other way is the counterfeit. It's the antichrist spirit that, that we see going on with, whether it's a vaccine, whether it's a, a national data medical database to keep track of everybody's 
medical history and whether or not they contracted coronavirus, whether or not they're immune. It's all these things that, that are playing a role. They're playing, there's, there's answers to these questions. And I don't know if God's just giving us more time, more opportunity for people to recognize things for what they are. I, I believe that's happening. But then there's also the other side too, where little by little we're being, we're being moved further along the story, the storyline of eventual one world government, antichrist movement, what have you. And you said like we're, it almost feels like we're this close, right? For the, from the spark being lit. Mm. Like the flames are just getting closer and closer to that. That is it flint? I don't know. I'm, I'm lost the words here. The flint? Yeah. Like like on a dynamite stick? Like if it has a actually I don't even know. That's, that's what it's called, right? I I think so. <laughs> I think so. It's okay, like, yeah. It's okay. Like it's, it's okay. just yeah. It's it's we're getting the... we're just like there's someone's you know, the flames there and it's just getting closer and closer to light that's like that spark, like as you said, like that's just, you know, the chaos will ensue. It's just a matter of time and it's a matter of how are we going to decide for ourselves individually? How, like you said, how are we going to go about it? Is it through love? Is it through humility? Is it through mercy, forgiveness? I think, I mean, that, that play, I mean, I know we, we didn't touch much on it, but that plays such a huge role. Too. Like like the forgiveness aspect, like you said, with the example of the young man who within the courtroom he he was there and he I think he even made it a, a he even made it a, a point on record to say, I want to tell you that I forgive you with the officer that, that killed his brother. I'm like it, it just, I feel it again like I'm gonna tear up. <laughs> because yeah. it's that moving, you know. Yeah, and it's so, it's not, not only is it moving, but it's, it's so, it's so counterintuitive to our emotions, to our, our, our quick response, our, our initial response to things, which is, right, anger, I want justice, I want recompense, I want my, my justice or my injustice to be dealt with, to be, to be answered for, to be remedied, and that standpoint, all it does, what was, I'm going to watch the, the quote or the saying. Uh, I know it goes in line with two wrongs don't make a right, but it also goes into like how uh, eye for an eye just makes us both blind. Hmm, yeah. You know, I know that there's a lot more, a lot, it's, there's a way more eloquent way to put that, but I think you get my point. Um, it reminds me of, uh, a house divided cannot stand also. Right. I mean, that's, yeah. I feel like we just only touched the surface. <laughs> we did, but I, I it, yeah, like it's just, like you said, like it's making, it's like for you, you know, the point's making you tear up, but it's really one of those like stop and meditate moments the conversation because it's like there's a lot to there's a lot that goes into this there's a lot of process and 
It's a matter of life and death, as we're seeing. Right. It's interesting. Yesterday's study really, to me, highlighted that, you know, during Noah's time and Enoch's time, uh, his grandfather, I believe, right? That Yes. That the there or great grandfather that, you know, the hearts of men were evil continually or wicked continually. And all it took in, in to bring in what you said also about, you know, do we respond in love or do we respond in um, hate essentially? And I, I think the, the fire metaphor makes sense in that like, you know, they, they, they talk about how the spread of the virus you know, if it's a match, you, if you're social distancing, it doesn't continue that fire, it doesn't spread. And I think in this case, it makes sense in that, like, if if uh, the hearts of men are wicked continually, it took one man, or potentially a couple of, of men, you know, uh, a, a lineage of men, to say, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to um, society, or I'm not going to, I'm not going to participate in what's happening around me right so in you bring in that idea that into the context of what's happening with the riots it could literally take one person to say like no i don't agree with what's happening and that you know god can look at this person and say all right i'm going to speak to you and i'm going to tell you that you should build an ark because a flood is going to come in 100 years or however many years it was and I think to me, that's a very, very interesting and a very important point that like whatever is going to happen in the future, God is going to prepare us in the now. It can look daunt, it can look hopeless around us, right? Like without a doubt, I'm sure Noah felt alone and felt hopeless. Like it doesn't say, but I imagine this is the case. And God's saying, all right, there's going to be flood, build an ark prepare for this for this event this huge event to come in the in the future and 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 i think that's interesting to bring into discussion because in in this context that there could be one there could be one person in this event that says no i'm going to follow god and and god can work with this person to build this ark whatever the ark is whatever that looks like in our, in, in that, in that situation. So it's going to be interesting to say, to see like who that person is. I don't know. Cause I've, I've seen time and time again that in, in the midst of this chaos that someone is, is um, exalted, if you will. Right. Peterson, Eric Weinstein, um, James, the more, um, forget her name uh shepherd um forget her name shepherd in canada like all these individuals were sort of in a weird way like pushed up exalted in the same that Noah was exalted but it was in it was in um how should i say this it was despite it was in it was um, in despite of, or I don't know how to say this, but the, despite the fact that there was wickedness continually in the hearts of men, 
that it was so in that huh the climate he was working in yeah it was the it was the climate and the environment he was working in and then it was like it's like a diamond right a diamond is able to be created in, in pressure and it's like something beautiful is created i don't know what i'm trying to say here i well i kind of do but i'm i'm i don't know if i'm having i feel like i'm having a hard time articulating it but maybe you can help me out if you get what i'm trying to say but uh, yes i think the gist i think um if i were to read ephesians 4 some of the some of these themes are coming up i don't know if you would mind me nope reading Let's do it so starting in uh ephesians 4 verse 11 and he himself gave some to be apostle apostles some prophets some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry for the edifying of the body of christ till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the son of god to a perfect man the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. If you if you have a, a thought, go ahead and pause me or, um, during all this. It says, verse 15, but speak the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, so, you know, we were saying that I, um, we're angry and we don't know how to respond. I think Pastor Elisel mentioned that yesterday, right? That the, the protesters don't know how to articulate their anger. They don't know how to um, enact what they're saying, really. They don't know how to respond. Um, I don't know if appropriately it's the right word, but they're angry and they just don't know what to do about it. Right, right, exactly. Um, what was I? Verse, oh, verse 18. Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. I mean, we're just saying that how we have to humble ourselves. We have to understand that when, we're, when we approach the, the conversation and we approach the table, like you said with, with Peterson, assume that the person that you're talking to has something that you don't. I have something or might know, know something that you don't already know. Uh, verse 19, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all unclean, uncleanness with greediness, but you have not so learned Christ. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the less and be renewed in the spirit of your mind hmm. and that you put on the new man which was created according to god in true righteousness and holiness and then it goes into verse 25 therefore putting away lying let each one of you speak truth 
with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. I mean, that's I think, the show I think right that, there. I think that articulated whatever we were trying to say <laughs> yeah. for the last hour and a half or whatever. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's it. Just, I mean, what else? It's the work it? of the Holy Spirit, right? Yeah. Just whatever we lack, whatever it is we're trying to reach, whatever we're trying to accomplish, truth and grace and love come into the picture and everything is made whole <laughs> again. It's like incredible, man. <laughs> but yeah. again, that, yeah. that's, why I, that's why I told you, and I had to told some of my friends in this week, during this week, I said the issue of racism, that, mind, that racist mindset is obviously a stronghold. It's a wrong thinking pattern. It's a, it's, a, it's a lying thinking pattern. That can only be undone by, it can't be, oh, sorry, how, would I, how did I say it? That can only be undone by a miracle. Mm-hmm. And that's the, the, the spirit of God coming into somebody's, right? Bringing, it's bringing life into that person. It's whatever void, whatever, um, whatever lies, seeds of lies, seeds or lies, uh, seeds of lies have been stored in them. That's the only way that can be undone. Right. That's why I'm saying that, that at the surface level, that's what we can see with these, with these really horrific events. But there's a lot more going on internally that. We're seeing the, the the racism is just the fruit. It's the fruit of of much deep, deeper and darker issues that are going on. Very deep and dark, yeah. And I think that's a very important point. And I think that's at the heart of it. No pun intended. Um, <laughs> jokes continue. Yeah, it's uh that root renewal of the mind. You know, it's it's. Put away the old man. It's, uh, we, yeah, it's, it's exactly the new right. And, skin, right? And that's that's the talking point for forgiveness, right? For grace, for mercy, is that I was also at one point I had an old man, an old version of myself that was ignorant, that was believing the lie, that wasn't abiding in truth and love. And it wasn't partaking of what Jesus says, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. We've all been at that old man or old person stage of our lives. And it's not until we, again, we come, we come and we submit ourselves, we humbly, you know, 
we come humbly and, and obey what we're hearing with faith, right? Isn't that isn't that what, what Pastor talked about yesterday? That you can have good works. No, who was it? You can have oh. good works without faith. faith, but you can't have faith without good works. Is that how he said it? Or is it yeah, that was Martin works? Luther. Okay. Yeah. You can have good works without faith, but you can't have faith without good works. Yep. Because, right, because uh, what, is it? what does it say in Scripture? Faith is the evidence of things and things not seen. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. Uh, there's another one. That that faith without good works um, is basically faith without works is dead. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for helping me. Um, yeah, totally right. Because that's yeah, that totally that totally plays into um. I lost my train of thought. Choo 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 Ah. Anyways. Yeah. That's as far as the walking with Christ, at some point, your faith has to lead you to works. It has to lead you to truth, to righteousness, to standing up for justice, for peace. Um, in in, in, in uh, collaboration, right? I think that's important. Right. We can't do this on our own. And Correct. You know, if... if um, if anyone wants to start a ministry, AKA wants to serve, then listen to what, you know, pray and listen to what God tells you specifically and, you know, have faith and then act on that faith of, of what you hear God telling you that this is what's going to happen. And it, and it may not be how you thought it was going to be because it never is. Amen, and that's that's definitely the yeah, that's that's definitely the beauty to this whole faith, living by faith and not walking by sight thing, right? Because if we walk by sight, again, if we just see it as this is just a total act of racism, and so because of that, I'm gonna hate all cops, I'm gonna hate all white men, I'm gonna hate whoever at the time is a perpetrator of oppression of, of murder. If that's just all it is, then you're missing the point. You're going off, like the Bible is saying, be, be, uh, be slow to anger. You're missing the whole point of how you're, how we, you know, the new man, the new person, the, the new, uh, the new creature is supposed to, is supposed to process what we're seeing. You know, not by, not by. By sight, but by, but by faith. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> oh man, this is a lot. It was. Well, I think we can leave it there, and obviously pick up the conversation, or see see what happens next week. <laughs> you know? Well, I'm sure. I'm sure a lot will happen yeah. from now until then. So we'll, we'll, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm Mr. Captain Obvious, but <laughs> okay, Einstein. Um, so we'll see what happens. But I think, as it relates to recent events, these are our thoughts, and I think people will take it as 
as it is. And, you know, obviously it'll be good to know what people have to, to say about it. And we'll, we'll continue to, to see what, what the discussion looks like on in articles and Twitter and what have you. So, you know, it remains to be seen what, what will transpire in the next week or two amidst this pandemic. Oh no, pandemic, new normal. This this whole social media uh, battle happening. So, you know, that's a whole different topic that- Oh my goodness, that whole Trump. Yeah, so. Oh no, you went quiet. Can't hear you, sir. Oh, my internet connection is unstable. Let me go ahead and 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 end this one up for us here. Good oh, night, everybody. There you are. There you are. You're back. But yeah, go ahead and uh, good night, everyone. We'll see you all next week. Thanks for joining us at the crossroads.